views and opinions expressed by callers, guests, and hosts do not necessarily reflect those of the Black Talk Radio Network and Black Talk Media Project. Black Talk Radio. Land of the free, it lies the home of the homeless. Too many die every day, and we really just want this freedom. of New Abolitionist Radio on the Black Talk Radio Network. It's February the 9th, 2020. I hope that my voice finds you safe and sound behind these enemy lines. Uh, We will be bringing you some news and information over the next hour. And I just want to thank everyone for their participation. So joining us uh, in just a bit in conversation tonight will be Sister Shannon, who is a co-founder of the Bronx sites for NYPD accountability. Why accountability? We'll be discussing ongoing FTP activities, predatory gang raids, and related issues to slave catching. You can support this organization by donating to their GoFundMe campaign, which is linked up for you in our promo for tonight. Um, as we wait on Sister Shannon, let me first go ahead and bring in my co-host um, and co-abolitionist tag tag do we have you on the line sir tag are you there let me see if you are can they hear me yes i can i can hear you now tag good evening to you no doubt good evening good evening to everyone and salute abolitionists those on the inside uh shouts shouts to doing another week of new abolitionist radio well, before we bring in our, our guest, uh, Sister Shannon, who I do believe she's on the line with us, but first let me say if you have any questions or comments uh, during the course of the broadcast, you can give us a call at 704-802-5056. That's 704-802-5056. Just some quick news items, and one of them is uh, related to what we're going to be discussing tonight. But first, let me um, share just a couple of headlines that I'm keeping an eye on. You know, there is a federal investigation that has been launched into Mississippi prisons that has advocates hopeful and anxious. Now, I don't know if people have been following uh, the social media um, accounts talking about Parchman Prison in in Mississippi, um, but you've had a number of different prisoners being killed. I read a couple of them even committed suicide, and activists as well as prisoners have been calling on the Department of Justice to launch an investigation. Now, I know some of them are hopeful, 
Um, but I'm not, and I'm just going to keep it real. The reason I'm not hopeful in the article that I have linked in, and later on in the broadcast, if we have time to get into it, you know, we'll discuss some of what's in that article. But it mentions the DOJ actually investigating Alabama prisoners, uh, excuse me, not prisoners, but the Alabama prison system. And they declared that Alabama prison systems were in violation of the Eighth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, which is cruel and unusual punishment. But if I'm not mistaken, I know, you know, this didn't just occur, but I think I remember reading about this earlier last year. And what has come about? You know, they did their investigation in Alabama prisons, said that it was, you know, the prisoners were in a cruel and uh, unusual a punishing environment, but what did they do? They ain't done nothing. I ain't heard about nobody being fired. I ain't heard about nobody being brought up on on any kind of charges related to civil rights or constitutional rights or human rights, which we as abolitionists really want to stress. Uh, they've done nothing. And this is Trump's DOJ, okay? So you got who? Uh, U.S. Attorney General Barr, I think his name is Bill Barr, William Barr, something to that effect. So I'm not hopeful for Miss for Mississippi that anything's actually going to be done. So I, you know, just call me a realist. I'm just not hopeful whatsoever, given the administration that's in power now. And and so that's something that you know I will continue to monitor. Um, also coming to you from the South, there's another article I came across about three Texas inmates have died at the hands of prison officers as use of force continues to rise in those prisons. So those are two of, two of the uh, articles in terms of prison slavery that I'm keeping an eye on. You know, I don't want to take hope away from anyone, but, you know, it's just been my experience from these 12 years of, you know, covering these type of issues that federal investigation, you know, really don't lead to anything, you know, it, it just doesn't, in my opinion. Um, before I share this third article, which is related to uh, what our guest speaker will be coming on to talk about, but before I move, um, share that with you, Tag, do you have any thoughts about this federal investigation that's been opened up into Mississippi prisons? Most definitely, I would say that from my perspective, experiencing even even just uh, through reading or through secondhand, you know, accounts, but but also just knowing how that impacts others and how you know the reverberations of that. Uh, I mean, Khalif Khalif Browder just being one of the most kind of emblematic examples. Uh, the the alleged suicide of Sandra Bland being another emblematic example but um yeah this question of suicide in the prison slavery context is just uh it, it just causes so much grief on so many different levels because these slavers have so much control over the scenario so um i i share your concerns about a so-called investigation because how how could they possibly do an up up and up investigation when it tends to be the same ones who are party to these crimes of negligence and worse, who, you know, undertake these so-called investigations. But, yeah. um, yeah, I, that, that's, that's where, 
I stand on that. And, and we're, we're constantly seeing reports of heads um, either actually or allegedly committing suicide. I mean, even inside. if they even if they did commit suicide in in Mississippi at Parchment, it's only two reported suicides. But I still hold the state responsible for their suicide. I mean, they just didn't up and just kill themselves for no reason. Now, you know, maybe they had some some issues upon being incarcerated, but you know, if they've been held in solitary confinement, that's torture. That's recognized by the international community as torture. And then, you know, you're not providing these people with the proper health care, let alone mental health care. So I still lay, lay that at their feet as a murder. You murdered these people, you know, we'll call it involuntary manslaughter of murders too, too strong of a word for some people to swallow. But in terms of, you know, this federal investigation into Mississippi, I mean, they already have concluded an investigation in Alabama, and I still haven't heard any corrective action that's going to be taken. So, you know, I, I, I don't want to steal hope from anyone that uh, Bill Barr's DOJ is going to do some actual, you know, uh, remedy to this situation. I, I just don't, I don't have any hope whatsoever, you know. Um, now, in terms of this article I want to share because it is um, related to, you know, organizations in, in New York City like Bronxites for NYPD Accountability, Why Accountability, and we have with us uh, Sister Shannon, who is a co-founder of, of that movement. And I'm look, I saw this article and I actually saw a report on, on television uh, while I was eating dinner, I was looking at, you know, ABC News, and they did a report on it. So it appears to me that there's been two instances, two separate instances. I could be incorrect. If I am tagged, please correct me. But it seems like there were two instances of violence committed against NYPD slave catchers. Um, but this one article I came across is only talking about uh, this one instance where you had um, these two these two slave catchers were sitting in a van or in a vehicle where a guy uh, allegedly approaches their van and asks for directions. At which point he allegedly pulled out a gun and and fired multiple shots at the officers, uh, hitting the officer in the driver's seat in the chin and neck and and. I'm not sure. I think the other one was hit in the arm or something like that. Um, but then, okay, I see now in this uh, article is saying then a second police officer was shot in the Bronx. Happened hours later. Police said the shooting was at the headquarters of the 30, 41st precinct. Now, as to be expected, as to be expected, the authorities in the NYPD are laying this at the feet of protesters protesting against police violence and brutality and murders in NYPD uh, by the NYPD, which has, has a notorious, you know, record of, of such acts. And so you got Mayor Bill de Blasio coming out saying this was a premeditated assassination attempt against New York's finest. It was also an attack on all New Yorkers and everything we believe in. Let me just stop right there. How come you don't say that whenever a cop 
you know, choke somebody to death. Rest in peace, Eric Gardner. They don't say things. They don't come out and say, oh, this is an attack on all New Yorkers whenever one of these slave catchers gun us down in the street. But then he goes on to say this must be a city where everyone can live in peace and respect. This individual attempted to destroy that. We will not let him win. So, I mean, this is like cognitive dissonance on the behalf of Mayor de Blasio because, you know, like I was talking to my mom earlier about I was going to do this broadcast and we were talking about, you know, the violence against the slave catchers. You know, he's acting like, you know, that, hell, these people wouldn't be out there protesting and demonstrating and calling for accountability if everybody was living in peace and, and the slave catchers had respect for the citizens. So, you know, and then you also had uh, Andrew uh, Cuomo, the New York governor, uh, talk about how he's horrified by the multiple attacks on the NYPD slave catchers, um, talking about how they put their lives on the line every day to keep us safe, and these attacks are heinous. Um, let me see, even Donald Trump is is weighing in, but uh, you had the NYPD slave catcher commissioner, Dermont Shea, lashing out at activists who've held demonstrations against excessive force by, by police in recent months. Um, but but like the article uh, by WCNC.com points out, Shea didn't offer any evidence that the gunman knew of the protests or was influenced by them. So, you know, this, was, this is just uh, their modus operandi. Um, you know, something happened to a slave catcher. Oh, it's because of people protesting slave catchers. Um, Tag, so I'm going to turn it all over to you so you can bring our guest in and, and conduct um, the interview. And if I have any questions, I'll, I'll go ahead and chime in. But at this time, um, go ahead, Tag, and, and welcome her in. Her um, her uh, line is unmuted. Yeah, yeah, no question, Sister, Sister Shannon. It's uh, great to have you on for uh, New Abolitionist Radio right now. And I appreciate, Brother Scotty, you, you uh, bringing that thread into this. Uh, I, I can imagine that you, uh, you have some things to say about this, uh, these, these alleged shootings that, that have been uh, discussed in a, in a rather sensationalized way uh, in, in the past day or so, um, and in, especially in recent hours. So, um, Sis Shannon, as was mentioned, uh, co-founder of Bronx Sites for NYPD Accountability and, uh, has been working tirelessly around these issues for a minute now. And, um, yeah, it's great to have you, uh, discussing these issues with us, um, including, you know, the actions that, uh, were just being discussed, um, and, and were the continuation of, uh, attempts to paint said actions of uh, protest and resistance and demonstrating uh, the the actual conditions on the ground, the attempts to paint that kind of action as uh, as some sort of criminal act um, or proliferating uh, criminal criminality. So uh, thank you again. And uh, do you want to just uh, take it from there? This question of of these alleged uh, recent shootings or or where would you like yeah. to start? Um, hi, good evening, everybody. Can everyone hear me? Can everyone hear me? Yes, sister, I, we I can hear you. Can. 
Okay, great. So good evening. Thank you for having me on. So tag, I'm going to jump right in. You know, it it's it's your impulse to respond right away when you have um this repulsive repulsive lame duck mayor trying to assign blame to our righteous anger um against the non-stop police brutality in the city of new york particularly the uptick of uh brutality incidents within the uh mta transit system um started october 19th with adrian napier that had guns pulled out on him on a crowded train car by NYPD on a number two train at Franklin Avenue. Um, earlier in the day, uh, at least three school children were punched in the face on the uh, A train platform at J Street, downtown Brooklyn. And I want to uh, make sure everyone is aware that one of those officers on the scene was one of the officers that beat up the young lady in the public assistance office. Uh, that pointed tasers at persons that were awaiting assistance in the uh, HRA center. So um, you also had an incident of ladies that were selling baked goods on the train station platform uh, being brutalized and arrested. So um, there's righteous anger. But before I could even, you know, inhale to respond, Thankfully, the city of New York is on the pulse of what is going on. If you check social media and all the commentary under the mayor's repulsive statement, the community is clear. Our anger is righteous. It's appropriate. It's just. And it has to continue until our demands are met. So, hey. We will not tolerate our children being brutalized and beaten and assaulted. And just the other day we had a young lady on the uh, M train stop on the Q line literally being bullied by a female pig in the train station, pushing her and pushing her, get out, get out, get out. And then told this young lady, a high school student in uniform, you are not welcome in the transit system. You mean to tell me we shouldn't take to the streets? Around that? Oh, hell no. No. So, uh, I mean, fully fully heard. I, it just it, Continuing uh, on this level, I just want to read out a quote since we're talking about uh, Dermot Shea and some of these statements, the, the recently appointed uh, commissioner. Um, here's a quote from Newsday from a recent article. Quote, everyone should be speaking out against this. And you have to be careful about the words you use, whether it's on social media or on written papers or speaking, because words matter and words affect people's behavior. Uh, it, it continues on. And so clearly, again, a lot of this, let me just, let me just point toward um, a specific moment that Shea is trying to. Shea said the anger vented by those protesters reminded him of 2014, when officers Rafael Ramos and Wen Jian Lu were shot dead in their patrol vehicles in Brooklyn by a man upset about recent pol police killings of unarmed black men. So uh, here we have the recently appointed commissioner attempting to link this to another act in which slaveholders uh, were allegedly um, attacked or, or violence was allegedly enact enacted on slave patrollers 
and and he's pointing toward the fact that it was that heads were upset that slave patrollers were killing unarmed people. So um, how how do you respond to the way that this uh, commissioner is uh, twisting language and attempting to use these uh, these approaches to language to uh, to confuse the issues on the ground? Well, I'll tell you again. I'm going to uh, reiterate that nobody out here is confused. The, the public has it straight. They know it's BS. And I want to remind the listening audience that before this person was uh, appointed chief pig, he was maintaining a gang database with children as young as 10 and 11 years old based on their outfits or which corner store they went to to label them as gang members to dox them in a system that gets shared with other city agencies. So his, you know, resume is already known to the public and the work that we have already done to denounce uh, and call for the abolition of these uh, gang databases and, and computer doxing of our children. So it, it's not surprising to me that those statements would be made because it's about a psyops on the community to try to garner sympathy for pigs. I don't think so. And that was evident today, as he mentioned social media, you know, because um, I, I pay attention a lot to what's going on on social media. It's just part of my information gathering tools. But on Twitter, most of the day, uh, I mean, when I first logged on to Twitter this afternoon, what's trending number one? Blue Lives Matter. OK, and we know that, that that was a hashtag that was created or a movement that was created in direct opposition to people saying that black lives matter in response, you know, to uh, um, uh, black people and other people being shot down and killed by these slave catchers. And, and so, you know, that that just really stood out, stood out to me. And, you know, I just want to share that. It's a human right recognized under international human rights law that one can resist a government's violent oppression. And I certainly would would call the NYPD's long history, even up until present day, is violent oppression of certain communities. So if, if somebody wants me to say something about a slave catcher getting his wig split or something like that, well, I just say, in, in, hey, in light of the violent oppression that y'all have been engaged in against the people, hey, that's that person's right. I'm not going to condemn them. Our mission is very simple. We want cops out of the MTA, free of harassment of street performers, and vendors and those that at the present that are houseless and full accessibility for uh, everyone of all broad ranging abilities and also free transportation because fair evasion in of itself is racialized oppression that breeds that escalating contact with NYPD inside of the transit system. So really that's what our focus is and that focus has embedded into the general public where they understand that millions and millions, if not billions of dollars are wasted over a period of time creating this fair enforcement system that not only economically strangles us, but puts us in the line of fire with police violence. Uh, you have Henry Dumas that was killed inside the train station. 
the city just settled a lawsuit with uh, some cops that killed a guy at 161st Street Yankee Stadium. Uh, so this is outrageous. The comments of the uh, police commissioner, the mayor, and all of these uh, white supremacists, we ain't got time for that. Our time is to educate and empower the community and build leaders in all of us so the next time a female pig is in the train station with our children and they brutalize our children, we act accordingly, swiftly, and appropriately and just don't leave social media as as the platform for fodder while taking no action. The reason why the FTP coalition was formed was because we saw those acts of brutality against our own people and made a conscious choice not to just slap gums on Instagram or on Facebook or, or, or make snaps. We said, no, 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 we have to take this to the street. And until those cops are out of that MTA system, until our children can move around through the city free of harassment and brutality by the NYPD, we're going to keep our feet in the street and shut this city down. You know, also, just to show how irresponsible and undemocratic, since they like to talk about democracy and freedom, but his comments in trying to link one individual's act without any kind of evidence that this person even knew about the protest, let alone involved with the protest, you know, here, here, here people are engaging in nonviolent acts of resistance, but you want to demonize them and act like they're, you know, responsible for any violence that does come their way. But, you know, John F. Kennedy, who is a, a former president who was assassinated uh, because he wouldn't green light an invasion of Cuba when the people rose up in revolution. You know, he has a quote that says those who make peaceful revolution impossible will make violent revolution inevitable so you know perhaps that commissioner needs to hear those words and stop trying to demonize people engaging in their not even just their first amendment under the constitutional right to protest and lodge grievances with the government but just a human right Again, uh, it's under recognized under international law, and I think anybody with any kind of common sense would would agree that people have a right to resist oppression, let alone murder. Absolutely, and since you're on the post of social media, you look at even the own NYPD social media posts. You look under it, and the public is saying, "Give me a break, y'all are full of it." Everybody knows better and cut it. But what I will tell you is that the commissioner, uh, Head Pig Shea, did say last week that the NYPD was turning their attention to the children. So let this be a, a, a call out to the community. We have to take a stand. NYPD is in our kids' schools every single day in some way, shape, or form, whether they operate in straight-up community centers giving pizza to your kids, helping your kids with homework, 
standing around in the school, this and that. They are surveilling your children, number one. And number two, conditioning black people to accept our own brutality and make excuses for it when it happens. That is the purpose of them entering the elementary schools and the junior high schools, daycare centers. And even now in East New York, they completely spent tens of millions of dollars redesigning the police athletic athletic league community center where community services are being offered so in order for working class black people in order to get appropriate child care and after school care for their children they have to get it through the police department no black people need to stand up and demand appropriate services for our children safe spaces free of police and police surveillance and stop allowing the police to serve food, to provide therapy services and all of these other services that need to be appropriated by qualified people that are not surveilling our community because that's the next level of psyops and conditioning. If we really want to pay attention to what is really being said in direction to our community parents of young children below 13 years old you need to tell these school principals i don't want no police running no programs up out of my children's school because then when these incidents of brutality happen this is where black people get confused and are not on code about what is an appropriate response there's many black people out here in the community not all cops are bad and all this and that meanwhile your kids are getting beat up in the train station to get it denied access to the train station and you're sending them to school thinking that they're safe or you're worried about other things meanwhile the NYPD is the main arbiter of brutality against your children but you're letting them teach and coddle and educate and serve food to your kids there's still a sector of our population that has some waking up to do without question I see that we're at about Half half an hour in. I don't know, Brother Scotty, if you wanted to. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll go ahead and uh, take a short identification break. You're listening to New Abolitionist Radio on the Black Talk Radio Network. We broadcast New Abolitionist Radio live at nine o'clock p.m. Every Sunday, as this is a change in our regular broadcasting time, as we used to come on uh, on Wednesday nights. So stay tuned. We'll be right back on the other side. You are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts and live program scheduling, visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. Hi, the Black Talk Media Project would like to invite you to become a member of the BTR Community subscription-based social media platform. BTR Community is a platform that was set up for the listening audience of Black Talk Radio Network, the number one independent black radio network online. For just $24 per year, your subscription gives you access to an interactive space to share information with like-minded people with your privacy guaranteed. Your subscription will go a long way to help us maintain and improve our current media platforms. It will also help provide a budget so that we can begin the task of establishing localized media centers and radio stations across the United States. The best way to show your support and appreciation for what we do here at Black Talk Radio is to subscribe. 
Help us to help you be informed. Join btrcommunity.com today. And welcome back to New Abolitionist Radio Tag. Yes, yes. So to to pick up on this discussion around uh, Dermache and the fact that uh, you, you, you made the comment, and I, I really appreciate your making that connection uh, clear, the fact that before uh, he was placed in this position of commissioner, he was responsible for distributing this so-called gang label all throughout the city. And we have continued to see this process, uh, and we also see how uh, within the hearing that eventually was held around this question of so-called gang databases, uh, he was the members of NYPD that was uh, representing their uh, fictions about the, the dangers of, of gangs, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm wondering if you could just connect that and discuss that in the context of what you were just saying about the, the, the massive, uh, you know, uh, Poe presence throughout schools, in the trains, uh, et cetera, and, and the, the ways that they're making themselves more or less unavoidable, especially with respect to, uh, to younger people. Uh, could you could you speak on that more, especially in the context of ga- of this gang label, where they're not so much just attempting to program, but they're also utterly criminalizing some some of our, our teens and and uh, children. Right, absolutely. So, if we just back it up a little tick, right? New York City at this time, the five boroughs of New York is experiencing, you know, this. Uh, fever pitch level of gentrification, what I like to call the Emerald City, correct? So a way you have to, white supremacy, these global capitalists have to come up with a smorgasbord of tactics to accelerate the Emerald City that they want for themselves, right? So one of those tactics is to criminalize black people. So the earlier and earlier you can criminalize a black person, it sets them up for that prison pipeline. So when you have school safety agreeing by union contract now to become part of NYPD, that creates a pipeline of information sharing. So now you have police and uh, school safety inside of the school system. So when your child leaves the house, and if they have to take a bus or a train or both to school, the bus has a, a surveillance camera on it now, right? Every four to six seconds, your image is being recorded by some surveillance camera. If your kid passes a bodega, they're being recorded. And many of the bodegas in our community that are, are non-black POC run also have their cameras linked directly to the police precinct. They won't tell you that, but that's what they do, right? So then your child is walking past there being surveilled, entering the transit system and being surveilled. By now we know facial recognition technology being added to the train stations little by little. So when you see those poles with the cameras above your head as you're entering in, That's facial recognition technology as your child is entering. Then when your child enters the subway system, there is a 
police officer and could be in uniform or undercover, whether they be hiding behind a column, behind a uh, public payphone, whether they're working or non-working. They even use MTA break rooms and closets in order to hide and run sting operations for this uh, racialized uh, fair enforcement uh, sting operation on black people, right? So then at every clip, the system is set up to uh, dox our children. So then if your child has to use any kind of community center, like the community center in the South Bronx uh in order to run a community program out of the community center in public housing, you have to contract with DYCD to agree to community policing, and police will be inside the community center. So children are having nonstop, I don't even want to call it intermittent because it's greater than that, a nonstop interaction with the NYPD during the course of their day. And while this is happening, Notations are being made. So Commissioner Shea in his testimony in June of 2018 with regard to the gang database, I encourage everyone to watch that hearing in its entirety. Don't skip it. Watch it in, in its in, entirety in order to be informed. Uh, admitted that basically 99% of the people in the gang database are black and Latino, a.k.a. black. So... How does this information come about? And through the testimony, they're making associations based on what color the kids have on, and nobody does that nowadays. So God knows what they're putting in that database, what store the kid goes to, who they say hello to on the streets. So this is a constant surveillance. So then if your child or later on your young adult male anywhere between 16 and, and 27 years old gets netted up and has to go to court. This is where the assistant district attorney is now going to call your child a repudiated gang member, right. which changes the bail, right? Changes the charges, changes the bail. So when a kid might get a ROR, now it's $25,000, it's $50,000. And those felony charges are not subject to the new bail reform. And even the new hustle now with bail reform is to now refer people to federal charges so they're not subject to new bail reform. Wow. This is classic plantation dynamics that every level that an African person tries to get free, whether that be economically, educationally, culturally, or any type of independence, then the system of uh, global capitalism, white supremacy is there to to catch you by the river while you're trying to run at 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 every clip. And Dermot Shea had no problem outing himself in June of 2018 as being one of the uh, uh, principal purveyors of that gang database. A, cu a couple of things here, you know, because we are in a presidential primary season. And you just had the MSNBC, uh, one of the, one of his um, political propagandists by the name of Chris Matthews, uh, go on this unhinged rant 
about if Bernie Sanders becomes president, we're going to have a socialist government and they're going to be rounding up people and executing them in Central Park. I mean, just totally un unhinged. OK. And, you know, in some breaking news, I, I just come across this on Twitter as I was just doing some research, see what's being said about what has happened today in NYC in relation to these slave catchers getting shot. Um, you have this guy by the name of Ed Mullins. I don't know if he's the one who made this Twitter post or if one of his staff members made this, this post, but he's the president of the Sergeant's Benevolent Association, which is comprised of approximately 13,000 active and retired sergeants of the NYPD. Now, He's he's on Twitter. Uh, uh, they're on Twitter openly threatening Mayor de Blasio for that weak statement that he put out, that one sided, you know, statement because they're quoting, you know, Mayor Bill de Blasio as saying this was a premeditated assassination attempt. You know what I read before. And this is the response from their official Twitter uh, account. Mayor de Blasio, the members of the NYPD are declaring war on you. We do not respect you. Do not visit us in hospitals. You sold the NYPD to the vile creatures, the 1% who hate cops but vote for you. NYPD cops have been assassinated because of you. This isn't over. Game on. I mean, come on, man. And you want to talk about, talk about, you know, socialism and, and people being executed uh, in Central Park, man. Here, here, these people are making an open threat on on a public platform towards Mayor De Blasio. This is this is like the, so real, man. It, it, it's just it's ludicrous. This is why it's critically important, and this is the reason why we do the work that we do. It's critically important for black people, for African people that are in New York City and the United States at large to wake up, clean up, and stand up. And when I say wake up, that means understanding who your true enemy is. Clean up meaning abandoning self, defeating behaviors, right? And stand up, which is self-explanatory. Because these white supremacists will play games with each other, but they'll kill us with impunity. Because I don't see how a tweet like that, that went up before 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and it's almost 10 p.m., five hours later, and that thing is still up, hasn't been removed, taken down, deleted in any way. So that Sergeant Benevolent Association is standing firm with an open threat to the mayor of New York City, no matter how lame he might be. In principle alone, that is outrageous. And um, in my world, that's called white on white crime. Um, that's why black people need to get on cold. Because when they want to play games with each other, we'll be part of those casualties and with impunity. Well, and, and we're not, this is not abnormal behavior for, for these, uh, you know, so-called union members. I mean, it, it begs certain questions as to why when, when they're just running, running rampant throughout 
Arab communities committing violence uh, at, 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 at a fever pitch, why, why they're not being, you know, put up on these questions of association and, and, and being, you know, being uh, charged as, as parts of conspiracies, et cetera, as, as has been, you know, raised on, on this broadcast for, for years now, as far as, you know, how, how these various uh, precincts and, and police organizations should really be treated. I mean, if, if any of us were to just put up on any of these uh, platforms, we're, we're declaring war on, on the mayor, uh, you know, it, it would be, it would be a very, very different kind of reaction. And then, so to kind of connect back to, to what you were saying about, uh, about the current commissioner who and and these hearings uh just to note it was also pointed out that going into those hearings uh he and and the his his entire uh, department uh within the NYPD uh focusing on so-called gangs whitewashed the entire database uh such that knowing that there would be a great deal of scrutiny about how many minors were on that list and the fact that they were surveilling minors, teenagers, et cetera, um, you know, over, over long periods of time. And so what you raised about this swindle of bringing federal charges to get around the so-called bail reform, this, this, to me, it would point toward only further isolating and rendering vulnerable these same communities, the same exact heads that were being targeted then. And so, so now it's, it's it's even more it would just create even more contrast to those that they're able to to uh you know describe and play out as the as the most the most dangerous the the uh the impossible to regulate uh people within our communities the, the whole situation is is like you said it's 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 not unusual it's almost classic that's why uh, me me personally, I'm not shook by it in any way. Um, white supremacy always has to grasp to maintain power, you know, and part of those tactics is to create this kind of, um, you know, binary now. So do you, you know, do you support the mayor or do you support what the SBA is saying to create this binary to uh so to erase like I said earlier the righteous anger of uh black and brown indigenous poor communities in the city that'll be brutalized by police and that's the top that's the top story as far as we're concerned and it has to maintain it stay as the top story right um because all of this fodder that'll take place over the next few days is to it's deliberate and to overshadow that because as the young lady, like I said, at Avenue M train station on the, on the Q line began to hit, uh, uh, became viral and hit a national level reported by Atlanta Black Star. Once he hits those levels of millions of contact, there has to be a way to overshadow that, particularly since the FTP coalition has been so successful in shutting down the city on three separate occasions in response to police brutality in the transit system. Well, we're successful at it, okay? FTP won on November 1st. We held up that entire downtown Brooklyn Barclays Center area for four hours. FTP2 on November 22nd 
had the entire 125th Street in Harlem shut down to where the MTA colluded with NYPD to skip train station stops. Damn what people need or what the needs of our riders were in that moment. The mission was to stop um, um, the protest, but we were able to make our way across from the west side to the east and make it over that Madison Avenue bridge into the Bronx, you know, to make that point known. And then just recently, last Friday, J31 was another monumentous resistance action on the part of us that are sustaining our indignation to police violence. And we were able to shut down Grand Central. There was some very, very violent arrests where NYPD particularly targeted black people at that protest. This is why it's very important for all of us as black people to become leaders in our own right and don't wait for, you know, some magic savior to swoop down uh, to do this work. We all have to do the work. But all in all, we were very successful at that. And and um, as long as this brutality continues against our people, we will continue to resist against it. So, you know, you know that's um, where we are. And my point, my point that I want to make to the audience in sharing what this slave catcher said uh, over here at this Sergeant's Benevolent Association or whatever it's called. But like a person uh, replying to the tweet said, if you say things like this to the mayor, I can only imagine how you treat everyday working class people. And that's the truth. I mean, these people have no fear whatsoever um, they have no respect for the, the mayor's authority. And I would say this is a mayor who basically has allowed them to do whatever without any kind of uh, meaningful repercussions. And so, I mean, if, if they're talking to the mayor like that, then you know, you know that these people are capable of doing anything and are doing whatever to the people. Right. This is to push this Emerald City, okay? The mayor gets that real estate money. Most of the politicians here that that out the other side of their fork-tongue mouths calling themselves progressive get money from the real estate, major real estate. Their pit bulls are the NYPD. So, no, he don't run the police department. It's who's pulling those purse strings. And right now, the purse strings in the city are major, major real estate developers that have received 20-year tax abatements to provide luxury housing while uh, 60,000 people sit in Department of Homeless Services system while an estimated 120,000 children in the city of New York are homeless on any given night, whether that be in, in shelters operated by city agencies or doubled or tripled up in the city while all of these politicians, including the mayor, take money from real estate developer and they want to protect their Emerald City so their pit bulls are out. So that's who runs the city. So that's why these police could make these open threats on, on open uh, social media without consequence because the mayor's not running the city. Mayor's not running the city. You run in the city, but you got 5,000 people sleeping on the street on every, any given night. You, you are giving out um, uh, housing subsidies that are only 60% of the fair market value in New York City. 
you have quote unquote affordable housing that's running at two thousand dollars a month where people are only making fifteen seventeen dollars an hour so you know the joke is on us when he put, ran around the city uh pimping out his own children to try to galvanize the black vote the joke was on us meanwhile these pit bulls are out here beating up our own people so hopefully going forward you know it's up to our people to have enough sense and vet these people should should you even choose to participate in this slave system because the democratic party is very crafty at the side ops to make you feel like if you don't vote you know you ain't sugar honey iced tea but if you even believe you should participate in such a system, black people going forward need to do a much better job vetting the people that we're, we're propping up and can't just have it based on, you know, if they kid got an afro or not. Because that apparently have not worked out for us because we're still miseducated, undereducated, brutalized, displaced, gentrified, and, and, and taunted, bullied and harassed and murdered by the NYPD. So it ain't working. Well, we have we have about eight minutes left in the broadcast. Um, if you would, um, and I have linked to the fundraiser for your organization, but if you can, you know, go ahead and make that pitch yourself uh, for the GoFundMe campaign and what, what you all need those funds for. I see you've already raised about 7000 of your $10,000 goal. Yes, I appreciate you opening that up for me to be a little more explanatory on that. Our GoFundMe has been up ooh, over three years, almost four. Um, the monies that we receive do a lot of different things. Most importantly, what they do is keep our Know Your Rights cards on the street um, that advise people of their rights when they're stopped by the NYPD, uh, whether it be in their house, on the street, in their car, what to do when they are arrested along with our contact information. So to date, we've put over 6,000 of those cards out on the street, which is very, very important. Also, the GoFundMe also supports uh, Swipe It Forward, which people are very, very familiar with. Our organization, Bronx Sites for NYPD Accountability, are the principal architects of the Swipe It Forward movement that has given black and brown people in the city a little taste of what free transit would look like when we uh, hold each other down. So for the past four years, we've been swiping people in and uh, protests have broken windows policing in the MTA. Um, the GoFundMe goes towards our equipment when we can't watch supplies, when we uh, perform and mobilize uh, unpermitted resistance actions. We don't take any money from uh, grant makers, these white supremacists that uh, make grants to try to marry and net your message. We don't take any money from those people whatsoever. You will never find a grant application anywhere. You will not find a 990 form from us anywhere or any consultant coming from California trying to twist our very strong abolitionist, black nationhood, anti-integrationist message that we have so your support also supports our politics as well we also support the families of uh folks that have been victims of uh nitro raids particularly in 2016 2017 and going forward uh we also support feed the people programs in the city 
and other worthwhile things that fit our black politics. So that's what the, our support, uh, your support would help us continue to do. So like I say, if you like what we do, your support helps us do more. So we are powered by the community and the community only. So when we see those dollars come in, we know that we're valid in the communities that we work in and that we are, are beholden to and live in and take responsibility for. So that's the uh, GoFundMe.com slash Y Accountability. Uh, so we appreciate that. We also support Ramsey Order, who is the people's hero. If it was not for Ramsey Order's video, we would have known nothing about Eric Garner and the police would have lied about the circumstances surrounding his murder on Victory and Bay Street, July 17th of 2014, which gave birth to Bronx sites for NYPD accountability. And I want to say to the public, our organization was born from a Facebook thread, people chatting and chatting and chatting away about what we should do about police brutality until one person said, F this, let's meet. And out of all of those comments, dozens and dozens of people flapping gums, only eight people showed up. Mm -hmm. And fast forward to 2020, we are still going strong, doing the work for black people. So thank you for this platform. Oh, you're welcome. And I can appreciate, you know, the fact that you pointed out that y'all don't take money uh, from these so-called philanthropists that's, that's really just trying to take control of your organization, you know, because I've operated uh, Black Talk Media Project, which is a North Carolina-based new media nonprofit, and we've never gotten a grant, never, never gotten a grant. Well, let me take that back. We did get one grant from another nonprofit to promote participation in the census. Um, that was a $5,000 grant from a fellow North Carolina um, nonprofit that works on social justice issues here. But I made, I made a point not to go to George Soros or, or Jay-Z or anybody else, you know, trying, That's trying, right. trying to get money from them. We are totally a, a people-powered uh, platform and that's why we're able to bring people on like yourself and be able to speak to the people directly with no filter so thank you and I, I definitely want to make that distinction for the public there are organizations out here that are doing the work that do not get grant money just because you see a resistance action just because you see placards and signs does not mean that these organizations are funded by these white philanthropists trying to control. We make those banners with blood, sweat, and tears, paint that we beg to get and time that we make. So folks, particularly other Africans that are in the conscious community, we urge you to be very, very careful when you miss a sign, miss a sign, grassroots organizations doing the work in the street to associations that we do not belong in. It does us a great, great disservice. We would appreciate support rather than malignment and misassociation. All right. Well, I want to thank you again, Sister Shannon, for the work that you're doing and, and taking an hour of your time tonight to explain the situation 
on the ground. I think it was very, very timely for you to come on, considering this propaganda coming out from the NYPD slave catchers uh, because two of them got shot. Okay, so so any tag will let you know anytime that y'all need a platform to speak to a wider audience outside of NYC. You know, Black Talk Radio Network is here for you. Did you have any? Fi- you. Did you have any final thoughts you would like to leave with our listeners? My final thought is I like that east at that East Side Carolina sauce vinegar base, baby. <laughs> Shout out to New Bern, North Carolina. All right, all right. <laughs> Well, Tag, did you have anything you want to share before we close out? Uh, I just would echo your appreciation to Sis Shannon for stepping through and appreciate you and the Black Talk Radio Network. And uh, shouts to the Move Nine. Uh, and and I, I would say that it bodes well for abolitionism and, and for us in general. The final release. Of, um, of of these of these brothers and and to finally see you know heads from the move non um, back out uh, despite all of the torture that they they went under um, and and that they were subjected to. All right. So again, um, we've run out of time, um, but perhaps next week we'll try to get on somebody uh, who can inform us about what's going on down there in Mississippi, particularly with parchment prisons. Uh, We need to keep an eye, you know, on these situations for our brothers and sisters that's uh, relegated to prison slavery okay so we're definitely going to follow the mississippi story and do some follow-up on the alabama story because again the doj has already declared the uh alabama prison system existing as a cruel and unusual uh punishment uh for the prisoners but there's no action uh being taken okay and so it's on us the people to make that action uh, take place. Without no struggle, there is no progress. With that said, peace and blessings to the abolitionists out there. Stay safe behind the enemy lines of USA Inc. We'll be back with another live broadcast next week. Peace. Land of the free, it lies the home of the homeless. Too many die every day, and we really just want this freedom.